3: Hey, listen! <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> that was a bit close, wasn't it? Uh, very close. <laughs> oh, you don't know the troubles it. It's the ghosts that are in this cellar.
0: Uh-oh. Oh, you're in a cellar?
3: Yeah, I'm in a cellar. Oh, yes, I'm in a very haunted cellar.
2: Hopefully you're uh, we're being cute. Say that again. Oh. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles. I am Ron Kohler, your host, the gamekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own band, Helsink. And with me, my co-host, all the way from across the pond, evidently in a cellar, the ghost finder general himself, the most haunted Richard Felix. Hiya! Hello, Kevin, how the devil
0: are you, sir? All right, how are you doing, Richard?
3: I'm I
2: extremely is well. Is, is it, is it very important well? you are? Anyways, also joining us today is the real most haunted uh, Karen O'Keefe, <laughs> the parapsychologist, author, and real wicked smart guy. Mm. Yay! Thank you very much. Hey. <laughs> and also, uh, by, by the way, we are broadcasting live in the 30-odd-minute studio, which is pretty odd. Yes. Yeah. But anyways, and we have with us the star of Thirty Odd Minutes, the creator of Thirty Odd Minutes, the producer of Thirty Odd Minutes, the scriptwriter. The re- the uh, the Iranians call him the ambassador of death, Rudjapulin. Uh,
1: hey, thank you.
3: Thanks, John. Thanks, Richard. How are you, sir? I'm extremely well. Hey, you never re- never replied to my emails. or perhaps I'll I sent them to the wrong place.
1: Is it the one about the uh, refinancing my mortgage or the penis enlargement? It's the penis enlargement. Oh, God, I've been meaning to. All right, yes, uh, please do. Yeah, well, send get on pill. to me, because now I've <laughs> got some secrets for
2: you.
1: <laughs> oh, When do we start? Uh,
2: we already did.
1: Oh, good, good, good.
2: <laughs> Anyways, we are here, as I mentioned, in the uh, studio of 30-odd minutes, and that is uh, the baby of Jeff Belanger, who is, among other things, an author. Yes. Yeah, they say yeah. that yeah. you have a book, I believe.
1: Yeah, uh, new book. New yeah. book. Are we just? Is that your lead question? Yeah, the... That's all. Oh, jump goodness. right That's in. Lead question. <laughs> if anybody <laughs> don't know who you are, then you uh, know, did you know Larry? Larry King uh, just left, so there's an opening. Okay, <laughs> so brilliant. Brilliant. There's uh, an opening. Brilliant. That seat is uh, ready to be filled. So I mean, do you have a book at all? I do. I oh. do. What is it? I have a new book called Picture Yourself Legend Tripping. It includes a DVD. And the whole idea is kind of getting back to story, back to these great legends that drew us into this paranormal world in the first place. Uh, the whole idea of putting yourself into the story, talking to the witnesses, and experiencing for, for what it is. Uh, kind of making the equipment secondhand, the experience firsthand. We see the book. I mean, so we just really did. Uh, you didn't. Uh... They flash on the questions. Yeah, they flashed it on the oh, screen. Oh, it's was... exactly. Yeah, I know. We got a director back there and everything. You should tell your listeners. Oh, by the way, <laughs> what we'll makes you sure think I have listeners? Good point. Yeah, I, I think I said listener. listener yeah. you, you may have heard the S. <laughs> uh,
2: okay. Filling it in. The brain does that. Constantine wants to know, who is Ron? Yeah, good question. Who, who is, is Ron? Ron? Well, a, um, let me introduce myself. Oh, I am Ron. Okay, there so you know. Uh, moving right along. Um, so, when you... Started this book? I mean, were you approached or, or
1: did it? No, this, your own little brain? this one was my baby uh, from the get go. And it all started because I was in a meeting about two years ago uh, and someone said, I want what's next in the paranormal. And I said, I can think of that. Um, and, and the other thing, too, is I was kind of getting disenfranchised with the group dynamics and the infighting and all that other stuff and, you know, people arguing about equipment and you got to have this and you need that and $15,000 thermal imaging cameras. And I said, you know, what is it that I like about this subject? And I always liked the stories, the folklore, the legends. I liked the people who had the firsthand experiences. And I said, well, let's throw away what I don't like and focus on what I do like. Legend tripping is an old insider folklorist term, an academic term uh, that's uh, more of a, uh, a colloquial word for uh, ostention, which is when you were kids, you'd sneak out of the house. And you'd ostention? Ostention. O-S-T-E-N-S-I-O-N. Ostention. So the idea was you would sneak out of the house. you use that word in the book? I did. Good. I did. Uh, say that. Um, <laughs> yeah.
2: This is great. That's <laughs> so, uh, interview I've done today. Yeah, that's that's mm. good.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so the idea was you're you're sneaking out of the house. You're breaking the rules. You're trespassing with paranormal implications. You know, knocking on the cursed headstone. Uh, so the idea was to take that term, rebrand it without apology, steal it, uh, because people are doing this today as adults. They're having great adventures. They have permission now, and so that's the whole idea, is to get back to that great adventure, that that thing that drew, I would say, 99.999% yeah. of everyone into this in the first place. I was going to
0: say, it's brilliant, because that's you talk to parapsychologists, you remember, it's just people in the lab, and basically what drew them in is exactly that. Sure. Right. As kids or teenagers, they're involved in psychical research, but ultimately doing that sort of thing you know being outside looking at ufos that sort of stuff
1: here's what it comes down to every parapsychologist every paranormal investigator every ghost hunter is a legend tripper although not every legend tripper is a parapsychologist and a ghost hunter and so on but the reality is if you hadn't heard a story that compelled you in some way uh to go check it out you know you heard a legend you heard a a story now the legend may be based in fact based on an actual experience that defies what we understand of, of how right. the world's supposed to work, or it could be something that someone's just mistaken, but it doesn't matter. It rang true to you, and you wanted to check it out. Right. It started with a story and a legend. And, cool. and so I, you see
2: the parapsychology involved in this?
1: Yeah, well, of course. It's, it, but it starts with the story. And then you yeah. can go as, as far as you want, by all means. You can sit all night in front of EMF meters if you want. That's, it's just, it just bores me. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't have the attention span, but if that's what people want to do with it, that's fine.
2: So in this book... Yes. Do you investigate any of the alleged
1: legends? All of them. All of them have a certain degree of credence. If you've heard about it, I, I think, first of all, you have to think of a legend as a living, breathing entity in every sense of the word. It's born... Me.
2: Yes, dear? Richard, are you there? He's riveted.
1: Yeah. Well, wow. he's I'm absolutely
3: stellar. riveted. In fact, I was waiting. <laughs> 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 Which is, maybe, but no, I'm riveted. I'm listening. Yeah. You are alive, aren't you, right? I'm alive only just, I tell you. I'm just alive, but yes, indeed. Yeah, I was about to say, There's basically, there's no smoke without fire. So all these legends, you know, there's, there's usually some truth in it somewhere. Uh, obviously, you get lots of Chinese whispers and things change over the years, but you have to go right back to basics. In fact, you know, which is w- one of my jobs, back to the history in the first place. And there's usually something in it.
1: Right. In fact, my argument is that, you wouldn't have heard about a legend uh, let's let's start at the beginning though a legend living breathing thing it's born it grows into adulthood it can reproduce it can marry it can move uh, and it can die and the only way a legend dies is if we stop talking about it and stop talking about it that's the only way it goes away if you think about uh, database results uh, like a bell-shaped curve that stuff at the very edge either side we call the outlying results they're really interesting what's interesting all that stuff, legends as a big Collective conscious database, that's the stuff in the middle. For example, if someone invents one, a flat-out hoax, they come forward and they say, "We've got Bigfoot in the freezer in the." And everyone buzzes. It did. It's called a real-world example. Everyone buzzes, the media jumps on it, and then you say, "Wait a minute." If you had Bigfoot's body, and the wouldn't we have high-res images? Wouldn't we have all kinds yeah. of scientists? And that legend died pretty quickly, and it's gone. It's, I mean, we talk about it now as just a hoax. Yeah. However, if someone talks about something and a legend is born, the legend was still born. It just didn't grow past infancy because it was a hoax. Sure. If someone has experiences that reinforce that legend, take a haunting, for example. If people continue to say, I saw the little girl on the second floor in the red dress... Uh, years and years, it grows into robust adulthood. Yeah. And and I would be inclined to say, if nothing else, than from a data perspective, there's something behind it. Yeah. It's not just a story. And it has
0: to have that social context as well. I'm thinking of something like the Angel of Mons, where again, yeah, you've right, you've got that sort of situation, but you've got the English fighting the Germans, you've got a context of... The Germans being the evil side, the English being right. the the angelic, the good side, and hence that gives a social context for the legend to really blow
1: up. at it God's on our side, yeah. And, exactly. and you know, history told by the winners. Uh, legends are the same way. And the thing is, all legends are local, all of them. They they communities feel such a, a connection with these stories, you know, yeah. that they become part of the fabric of who they are. And that and they're in every town, every every village, every city, every state, every country has their their versions. Bigfoot is such a great example, you know. Uh-huh. We know we know what we talk about when we're talking about Bigfoot. Uh, but in Western so, Massachusetts. Let me, let me okay.
2: You. So you're saying that uh, legends are not real. The, we no, quite, know.
1: quite the opposite. Uh, I'm well, saying
2: the living, growing, blah, blah, blah.
1: The legend is indisputably real. And I would be inclined to say if it grows into adulthood where people have talked about it for years, they're very likely is something paranormal, something beyond our normal understanding, behind the legend. Otherwise, it wouldn't have gotten to that point. Uh, it wouldn't have been passed around. It wouldn't have rang true to so many people. And it needs, ex- it needs further experiences in order to continue to grow. People have to have more experiences that substantiate the same legend. So is it possible some people are mistaken? Sure. But over time, over multiple witnesses that don't have a connection, and you, know, and, and you vet out all the, uh, all the stories yeah I, I'm saying they're real yeah. okay,
0: you, you agree with this? Well could you ever get a legend where um, you have the initial experience or a few people having the same experience, uh, and that forms the legend, but then people have a similar experience elsewhere, which then feeds that initial legend.: Sure. I mentioned about the angel of moms that's an example where a number of people having that experience, but then it's kind of continued because people have angelic-like experiences. Elsewhere, not sure. on the battlefield, you know, so it's kind of feeding that. Right, right. So it doesn't have to be in the same place. It doesn't have to be the same, exactly the same sort of experience. It,
1: okay, a classic example would be Gravity Hill.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. These are
1: everywhere. Now, oh, the, yeah. the first version I've found of it is in Texas. That's, I, I could be, there could be another, I'm not, but I'm. that's the furthest back I've been able to find it is a train track in Texas near San Antonio. Uh, the story goes, if you roll your car up onto the train tracks and put it in neutral, it will be pushed out of the way, uh, up the hill slightly, against, seemingly against gravity, to safety, because that's where a school bus full of children was hit by a train, they were all killed, and so on and so forth, and that's why these little spirits are there. Now, to, to validate the legend, you can sprinkle talcum powder all over your trunk, the back of the car, and you will find fingerprints when it's over. This is true. You can do this you can do this to any car anytime anywhere right now it's your fingerprints you leave right. oil every time you close that it course, yeah. and it takes a few seconds for it to soak in and you have fingerprints so that validates the legend however you look back in time and there's no record of a school bus being hit by that you know train or anything at that point it's at trouble. that at that location right. however there's three gravity hills in Massachusetts there's I'm aware of Two in New Jersey, and they're everywhere. Yeah. Seemingly defying gravity, and it's—it's it's, that's legend tripping, where you go and you try it. You put right. your car in neutral, and you say, "Whoa, it really did roll." Yeah,
3: yeah. There's one in and, the and Isle it, of Man, which Kieran and I both both experienced, right. didn't we, Kieran? Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And did exactly. you try it?
3: And there's one you in you Ireland as well. We didn't try it.
0: No, we weren't legend tripping that day. Were we?
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, we weren't. But I've I've actually done it since, and it and it really does work. And I've seen. Uh, There's one in Ireland, very similar, and I've actually been on a 52-seater bus while it's going backwards up the hill. And the other amazing... But here's the best bit. This one in Ireland, when it's raining, the water runs uphill. Maybe it's in a different hemisphere. Now, what about that? (laughs) That's the most fascinating bit of all. But again, there was no accidents, no train crashes, no bus crashes or anything else. I think the only problem we've got with Legends is that sometimes unfortunately, they're made up. Um, oh, sure. And I'm afraid, yeah. yeah, and I, I'm talking about, you know, the, what is the best way to keep people away from, a de- from an old derelict house? Um, sure, what's course. the best way to keep the, sm- the, uh, the kids away from the smuggler's contraband by making up a ghost story that the place is haunted and then the children stay away? And unfortunately, those legends also
1: uh, pass down from generation to generation. Sure, but at the same time, here's what's interesting. Some legends that are purely made up, uh, uh, you know, fabricated for, for many of those reasons, sometimes people have actual sightings, which right. uh, the, the armchair uh, like, psychologist in me is fascinated by that. Sure. You know, and uh, I, I recently read a, a real page turner called the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Yeah. You know, if you're on oh, an airplane, well. now, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you'll get right through it. They talk about the concept of a tulpa or right. a thought form. And could it be? Could we could we project something into the environment to the point where even other people could see it? Right, so we're actually responsible for well, it ourselves. Well, actually, that's,
2: we were talking about that on the way in, about ghosts. Yeah. If, if right. a ghost exists in somebody's mind, does it really exist?
0: Yeah, and it's not a it's not a, a new idea as well. You're talking no. about something that's been around since, you that's know, the early... The, <laughs> uh, kind of show that it possibly could be some sort of thought form terms of ghost projections, even I any mean, of the original senses of hallucinations, they touched upon that. This idea that maybe what we're dealing with, yeah, hallucinations, but maybe some of these unexplained. we got the mind.
1: How do you test for that? I would be.
0: That's the tough thing. Wow. You know, they, t- they tried to. They claimed that they were testing for it back in the early 1900s. To then say in parapsychology we could actually do that. No idea how we could do that.
3: Oh Richard. Cut out. Richard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hello. You keep Hello. This, you keep breaking up guys. But I think it's the, the paranormal seller that's for the right.
1: <laughs> huh? <not> yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm not
1: sure I said you that. You know what's funny, it made sense the second time. See <laughs> the first time I didn't get oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm just clarifying.
0: Yeah. Got I'm sending the message out there yeah. and I'm clarifying here. Yeah.
2: For the radio listeners. <laughs> Evidently uh, Richard is looping here, so
1: yeah, no worries, no worries. That's why they can watch the replay on uh, that's true on the video. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, what's so interesting to me is how how can you test these? Because every took, every yeah. ghost story is a legend, yeah. and, and from a parapsychology uh, perspective, that's. I mean, it's really interesting to me. You can test for ESP, you sure. know, and and I've read some of those studies done yeah. by the Rhine Center and things like that. Yeah. but but what about? I mean, how do you test a ghost story?
0: That's the thing. Uh, you can't do it, you right. know. And given. Your um, expertise in this, your experience runs as well, even mine, doing investigations. We know that it's a lot. Most of it, it's spontaneous. Right. You can't predict it. Right. And it's not constant. So therefore, that's why parapsychology, for me, in, in it, but it's a frustrating science. Right. Because you, there are things that you can test, try and look for repetition. You know, repeatable experiments with ghosts. You can't because unless you get one of those hauntings where it's. At the same time, at the same day, you know, annually, you can't test for it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. one of the biggest problems you want to do involved? here, Ron. This is interesting. Uh, I'm listening to you guys talk twice, so it's yeah. really sinking in. That's what we said. It's I think the biggest
3: problem is the Oh, I'm too far away here.
0: <laughs> Richard, uh, you, uh, did you just admit that you're too far away?
3: Yeah, yeah I'm spaced out, man. Uh, no, listen, come back was, to us, um, Richard. Come, come to the light. Yeah. It's very um, difficult getting a word in edgeways tonight. But, uh, um, it sounds like sports radio. let me tell you what I'm Everybody's trying
2: to get, get the word in. Uh, somehow we are picking up uh, all of our conversation. loop. Yeah.
1: Well.
2: So, Richard, uh, can you hear us clearly?
3: I can hear you fine. Yes, absolutely. Yes, indeed. It's going very well. Now, I was just about to say that um, the problem we have is that, you see, I'm, I'm such a believer in that most of what's going on in, in call it the ghost business or whatever is in the mind. And we know so little about what's going on in our minds. You know, we're, t- we're too busy taking photographs of, um, of, of Mars and, and trying to go you know into the depths of the sea. Uh, we just don't know. We still don't know who's living up there in our own minds. We, we, you know, I just believe that we should be doing so much more research into into the mind, into the brain and, and what's going on. We, we haven't got a clue. We're in the Stone Age. Yeah, but no,
0: no, Richard, you're saying that are you. Are... Hello. Is there anybody there? OK,
3: this is working really well. <laughs> are you in a haunted studio by any chance?
2: We are in the hybrid studio. Yes, it is now. It is. It wasn't now. until One right. of those legends. Well, souls. But, anyways, moving right along, Richard. Since we we're going to listen to ourselves talk in the background, evidently.
0: Yes. Um, I think Richard's wrong. Can I just say that? What's that? Yes, yeah. go carry on. Come said. on. Was, oh, I think me. you're wrong, Richard, because you're saying why don't we do more studies into the mind? Right. And I know what you're saying. There's a frustration that there isn't more research back into the mind, but actually psychology research is going on all the time the problem I'm is, sure it is. the problem is that psychologists are not turning around and making their results their studies available to the masses or presenting it in a way that's understandable to the masses because there is research being done on the mind but yeah. it's just not being applied or not being kind of given to people that are interested in the paranormal
1: and there's, yeah, there's I, a, I think there's a good reason for that i um my sister's a psychologist, a PhD. PhD, right. and uh, I talked to her about this stuff all the time, and I said, all right, forget if ghosts are real, it's irrelevant. They're perceived as real by millions of people yeah. the world over, and as a psychologist, Correct. someone comes to you and says, I'm haunted. Exactly. Uh, aren't you obligated to listen and, and hear that out? And why wouldn't psychologists talk, I mean, if yeah. you talk about dreams, why wouldn't you talk about ghosts too? Yeah. And the answer she gave was so honest. She said, we talk about ghosts that'll set us back a hundred years, we're just now not being called head shrinkers anymore. Or just now getting some legitimacy in, in the field of science, and that's the reason. And I said, well, it's honest.
0: Yeah. You know, she's right. And she's right as well as when you look at uh, peer-reviewed like scientific journals, the stuff that gets published that kind of does delve into the paranormal a little, a little bit, but when they're published in mainstream journals, they are the negative results. They are the right. skeptical studies. They're not the studies that show there might be some effect here or that sort of thing. You'll never see those the Main Journal, and she's right.
3: Right. Absolutely. I think one of the biggest problems, that I,
2: I agree <laughs> We're doing fine. Yeah, yeah we're, we're all
1: right. So we, yeah. and I can, a great
2: conversation. Yeah. Anyways, um, Karen is actually over here to do some events, too. I didn't know if you knew that. I did know that. Um, yes, yes. He's, uh, he's dining with some dead people, and, uh, he's gonna be hunting some dead Probably people. And yeah,
0: maybe, maybe there's a dead people theme. The go time on. Yeah, he's yeah. going
2: on the dead people cruise, and, uh, right. No, actually, he's doing a lot of events. He's doing the, uh, Dining with the Dead, which is a series that that you've done. With I've done stories. Dining with the Dead. I've yes. dined with the Dead. Really? Absolutely. <laughs> I have as well.
1: Any tips would yeah. be useful? Uh, start out with the furthest fork out and work your way in. Is, uh, <laughs> that's what, a good one. That's yeah. what mom always taught me.
2: And you will be up at the Wyndham restaurant on Monday there. And that's right. also yeah. at the Concord Colonial on Saturday. Yeah. And tomorrow we'll do a cruise. Places. Uh ghost cruise or day cruise.
0: Yeah. Right. Going yeah. past lighthouses, haunted lighthouses, that'll be fun.
1: Where's yeah. the, where does the cruise go to? What was it? Is it at Boston Harbor or is this... Uh, no, this is, is out of Port? Portsmouth. Oh, beautiful, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Portsmouth is gorgeous, yeah. And
2: uh, we did a Jeremy oh, Dantremont, yeah. who is... Dantremont. The- Dantremont, yeah. okay. Actually, it's Dantremont. Get out of here. Seriously. I actually said it You've right.
1: never pronounced something right he in your life. He has me to death <laughs> on his name. Is, is it really?
2: It is Dantremont. He is French. All right. Oh my, but I pronounce it
1: Belanger. It's <laughs> <laughs> not Belanger? No, it's Belanger. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> just
2: as
3: a matter of interest, anyway, guys. He's, yeah, he's going to be on board
1: and that's going to be kind of Yeah, cool. he's I'm great. Go yeah.
3: So. Anyways, so testing, testing, on. testing. One, two, three. It just
2: doesn't make sense. I mean, what? It, what do you mean it doesn't make sense? It doesn't sense. make sense. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're writing books about it, we're investigating it, we're yeah. propagating it. I mean, if there's no validity at all of it, somebody made up
1: a story, we're creating legends. I'm giving
2: validity to it. Did you see this down here? <laughs> just, just as a
3: matter
0: of interest, guys. Can, can you hear me better now yeah, than you can did before? Investigate, is, yes. what, is what you're saying. Yes. Well, I don't see what's wrong with that. I don't think validity is the right word, but I don't see what's wrong yeah, why, why with Why are they not that? valid? Yeah.
2: Well, for instance, let's talk about Bloody Mary. Yeah,
1: great story. Okay,
2: now, why don't you go tell the story of Bloody Mary? Sure. One of
1: the versions. One of the versions. All right. Bloody Mary is a, I would call that Mm. an urban legend. Um, Long ago, very specific, (laughs) uh, far far away. vague time, yeah, Uh, a a girl named Mary Worth was uh, beautiful. on the mirror and just the mirror reflection uh, f- forevermore and right. uh, is there anybody that yeah Richard, we hear you uh, you can't
3: still hear me, can you? It, yes, we
1: can. This has been attempted at a million sleepovers, you know, uh, the world over, and uh, and it's still tried. But every now and then, you hear a story from someone who says, "No, no, my friend really got, you know, okay. or my friend of a friend uh, really got scratched on the face when she did this." Right. Now, <clears throat> there's morals to this story. Uh, vanity, you know, there's a discussion of of, of vanity. Of testing the paranormal, of right. summoning uh, yeah. angry spirits, which is you know dabbling into religious legend tripping, uh, all of those things are explored when a kid goes in front of a mirror and says Bloody Mary three times. Oh. So, uh, but it's but it's a part of who we are. This this legend is still around. There's been movies made. I mean, yeah. uh, Candyman is Candyman, a variation yeah. on, like on the same story. Yeah. Right, right, and so. It's a legitimate legend. It's a legitimate piece of folklore that actually ties people together. Girls have a sleepover, and it's a bonding experience to, to do this. Guys try too, but I think it's more a female thing. Uh, you know, it's, it's a bonding thing for living people, and, and it's legitimate. Now, do I believe Mary Worth really went into a mirror and it's lurking back there? No, I don't. But the legend is real and still talked about.
2: Right, so by trying to prove it, or disprove it, Aren't we just adding
0: more credence no, to but it? No, but I think there's there's different approaches you can take. You can neither go into it proving or, or disproving it, but you can also go into it, which you're kind of talking about, I get the impression with legend tripping, is almost like a Fortean approach. You're yeah, just recognizing that these legends exist, that they've survived, and basically it's, like you say, it's back to basics. It's giving those legends a chance, yourself getting involved and, and actually... You know, trying the legend out for yourself, interviewing as well the people. Right. So it's not it's not necessarily proving or disproving. And here's the
1: other thing, though: if one thing works, let's say one, you hear about a local haunt, and you go there and you have one experience. Well, it begs the question: What about every other legend you've ever heard? What about every UFO sighting? What about every abduction? What about every other haunting? If you saw something that convinced you. That there's something to that legend. This place is legitimately haunted. It begs the question: What else don't I know about the universe? Hmm. So is that a bad thing. I don't think it's. A bad I
2: don't bad. know. We actually have a question from the uh, chat room, and it says: How can we filter out the truth from a story that seems so fantastical to be almost unbelievable?
0: But that that happens through research, I guess, doing what you do and kind of going, tracing the story back, maybe in terms of. Right. You know how it has evolved and then going back to the original story
1: it, it's it's tough to speak in totally broad strokes about all legends mm. uh, if you want to talk specifically about ghosts sure history you know did it, something happen in that location that validates the haunting you know someone sees a little girl in a red dress right was a little girl die there was there any connection to a little girl in this location and if you find there was then that's more interesting yeah you know, interesting yeah sure uh, but with other legends you know appreciate them for what they Nothing else. They're a connection to the past. <laughs> sure. And, you know, take a legend like, uh, for example, Santa Claus, which, Ron, I know you're a believer. Don't even... I do believe in Santa I, Claus. So actually. do I. I'm the Easter Bunny. There you go. <laughs> Richard,
3: is wait, wait, wait. you believe in the Listen, while well, have those children alive, they'll be Santa Claus. He's
0: there with the Easter Bunny now in the cellar.
2: Richard, are you with the Easter
3: Bunny now? I am not actually with the Easter Bunny. No, no, it's the wrong, t- the wrong time of year, my friend. Uh, but <laughs> listen, I was just going kind to of get back uh, on the on the comments about science and and um, not taking it seriously. Parapsychologists and and various people not taking things seriously. You can hear me all right, you guys.
1: Yeah, welcome yeah, to yeah, Talking
2: Radio yeah, with a cutting edge. Problem.
0: Family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal. The Paris Family.
1: They're strange, deranged,
2: unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the ex Family.
0: Hello. I'm Dr. Kieran O'Keefe, and I'm standing on the battlement of a castle in Portsmouth, England. The end of August, I'm going to be coming to Portsmouth in Massachusetts, where I'll be doing various workshops, investigations, and even having dinner with the dead. So I'll see
1: you then. Oh, yeah, we had it, And own. we
2: are back. You that are listening the to International on the set of 30 odd minutes, and there is sure a lot of odd stuff going here, isn't there? Yeah,
1: host yes, indeed. Belanger,
2: with me, my, my host of the day, uh, Jeff Belanger, author, uh, the founder of Ghost Village, and um, a few other things, too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I stay busy. Thanks.
2: Yeah. And also with us, all the way from across the pond... Is the uh star psychologist, parapsychologist? I don't know what the difference is. One's a para, one's a. He not. doesn't know, that's the <laughs> funny uh, thing. Psychologist from Most Haunted, Mr. Karanoki, Dr. Karanoki. Do- yes, uh, so thank you like you very to call
0: much. Him Dr. Spooky. Dr. Spooky, yeah, yes. thank you very much. And
2: also, somewhere out there in hyperspace is uh my co host, the Ghost Finder General, Mr. Richard Felix.
3: Yeah, I'm not really in hyperspace at all. I'm just in a haunted cellar. And I tell you what, listen to this. Kid, you not somebody just tapped me on the shoulder, and there's nobody here. Somebody tapped Richard. And the lights just going to have to. I don't believe this. <laughs> Honestly, what was he going oh saying before we went? To
0: the you break, know, i a guy to ghost. Parapsychology or science? Not accepting parapsychology because of scary movies. Is that right? No, you
3: yeah, you're it's absolutely right. Really
0: now, I honestly think that the biggest problem is that there's
3: been so much, I mean, I'm talking about everything from Edgar Allan Poe to M.R. James, uh, and, you know, we love scary stories, uh, but the problem is that, you know, in my opinion, even though I'm frightened of the damn things, the profession of a ghost, it has never been to scare you, and and so it, it's very difficult, I think, for, for, for gentlemen with letters after their names, and ladies with letters after their names, to take a lot of it seriously, because of, you know, there we go. Because of
0: scooby doo basically. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's just because of that. I think the one of the other reasons why science generally looks down on parapsychology research or looks down on the paranormal generally, is because parapsychology, even itself, has been plagued by instances of fraud. You know, since it kind of so started like in right. the nineteen thirties and then with psychical research prior to that, there have been so many instances of fraud. Uh, whether it's the special claimants the psychics themselves or whether it's uh, even some accusations about some of the experimenters and i think because of that it's kind of tarnished the reputation of parapsychology as a science Correct. and also for some scientists you've got the association of testing mediums testing psychics in a lab they just look at psychics and mediums as being you know the tarot reader at the end of the pier
3: yeah, exactly. It's so true. And, and this so there's is a number
0: main, of different reasons why I think it's not accepted.
2: Yeah, and it, it's I we've got a long way to go. I, I think it's a, a lot, lot of things. Uh, you know, I, I don't. Well, let me ask you this. I, I was going to talk about this in the show, and since we were in the show, I might well, talk about it's it. It's a great time. too yeah. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> good. There are a lot of a lot of shows out there in the paranormal. Yes. A lot of them.
1: Yeah. Six okay. trillion right now,
2: actually. Right, and and some of them are pretty good, and some of them. I'm not sure, but I ran across a show the other night, and right. I definitely need your table. Okay. I'm not going to say anything in the show, but the gist but of it is... going to be tricky.
1: It's tough, yeah. Are you
2: psychic? I'm not. I think I keep... he's going to describe it. Really it. Oh, it all right. describe it on show. Okay. okay. right. So basically, they took a guy and put him in a coffee and buried him. In a coffee? Coffin. coffin. Oh. <laughs> okay. It's like a coffee coffin.
1: <laughs> yeah, in a coffin, yeah. Probably
2: with coffee, but uh, Fair enough. They buried him in a coffin. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then they took another guy, put him in a straitjacket, put him in a ring of uh, candles with toys all around them, and left him there in a dock. And then they took another gentleman, tied him down to a box spring uh, mattress, you know, the spring ones, and Uh ran voltage. (laughs) Right.
1: Okay.
2: Okay. So... I've seen that movie, I think. How is this helping the the paranormal community? It's not helping it at all.
1: It's not. It's called
2: entertainment. It's on television. Correct. It's It's the same reason
0: why, and I know I'm on the show, but it's the same reason why, in various live uh, versions of Most Haunted that we've done, to add a spectacle element to it, some members of the team were locked in a coffin and buried underground. I myself was put into a coffin, and the argument was that it's some sort of paranormal research now my only argument would be well there might be some something of psychological interest to it in that we're actually in a coffin we're experiencing maybe what people experience when they're put into a coffin that claustrophobia if you're told you're in a haunted location where the coffin is then there's a fear aspect to it and that's interesting for psychology in terms of what it can lend to the paranormal field or you know in terms of interesting results. no I think Jeff's right. It's it's entertainment,
1: isn't it?
2: Right. But I, I'm thinking okay, a lot of these young kids, especially, they see the, the shows out there like Ghost Hunters and they try to mirror them. Sure. Yeah. So I can see these group of young lads going out and burying some kid in a box in the ground, and then they get the bejesus scared out of him and run off and leave the poor kid there and he dies. But well, this yeah. is
1: uh there's a annual awards ceremony called the Darwin Awards. Yeah, that's Someone, exactly someone that. has to win. So. <laughs> it's exactly that. Be a no, I mean, yes.
0: no, but it's, it's a serious. It's the same. It's the same. You know, finger pointing that could be leveled at uh, a show like Jackass, which I'm a fan. of. Yeah, sure. It's the same thing. Stunts happen on that show. There's a you know a disclaimer. Mm-hmm. If you've got a show where people are being
2: electrocuted no on a bed, by the way, on paranormal shows. Um, oh, yeah.
0: Hmm. Okay, I'm well, not sure not about that. In the UK, maybe, there would have to be. So there's no disclaimer that you you shouldn't try this at home. Bury, no. Get into a coffin and hmm. get buried, or lie on a wire bed and electrocute <laughs> yourself. I find that a little strange that there's no, discla- no disclaimers, or even just something the presenter saying you shouldn't try well, this at I will home. investigate this. Because yeah. if that's not the
1: case, then yeah, I, I understand what you mean. It's a little worrying. <laughs> I have not seen the show. But yeah, I mean, it, it's not something I would watch. It's not something I would let my child watch. Uh, and, and what does it do? You know, any of these shows, you could argue as many good points as bad. It gets people interested. It gets the subject out in the open. and gets people talking about it. Yeah. God willing, they research more. They, they start Read reading more, books yeah. and learning about it. If that's yeah. the entree, yeah. fine, wonderful. But don't yeah. let it be just that. Yeah. Um, well I, done, I, I know as well as you, there's, there's millions of paranormal investigators out there today who watched three episodes of one show, and they've put up a website, and now they're going into homes and they're investigating and, and they're finding them as experts, too. demonologists yeah. too. Yeah, <laughs> demons everywhere. Yeah, you know? yeah. Sorry. No, you, Jeff,
3: you're <laughs> so right because at the end of the day, it's creating an interest um, that hopefully leads to more research. Uh, right. I mean, you know, I'd be honest with you. I, I, you know, obviously, I was on Most Haunted for four, four years, and and I often ask people. Um, Have they actually learned any more about what a ghost is after watching Most Haunted? And and most people shake their heads. But I then go on to say, but do you realize that that show has created more argument, more debate, more discussion, and more research than any ghost program has in the whole history of the universe? And it's so true. Okay, we actually have a couple of questions from the chat room, which I'm
2: being relayed to me through... Another chat room, which is (laughs) so, anyways, um, this is from Constantine. And uh, shouldn't we take any reported communications via mediums, Ouija board uh, with legendary figures with a pinch or even a tablespoon of salt unless the existence can be proven? Ha! Ah, this is good, actually. I like this. Well, of course,
1: every ghost story. Richard just got tapped on the shoulder during this show. Yeah, but was it by in a Elvis? haunted cellar? Well, in a haunted cellar. But I was mean, it by Elvis? This is absolutely famous. right. Famous. Why can't we have famous ghosts? We do all the time. Yeah, and do we? Well, here's the thing. I, I actually wrote an article about this. I called it "Most Famous Phenomena," where anything that bumps in the night in an old building gets attributed to the most famous person who ever visited, slept in, you know, or right. whatever in that location, and. It, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One, we're a celebrity worshiping culture and, and even any kind of connection to a celebrity, George Washington, you know Elvis Elvis, H- Elvis Henry VIII, yeah. Michael Jackson, Ron Colelich. Anne Boleyn. Not, not dead. Anne Boleyn, of course. We want to yeah. touch the past. We don't want so to think, think We don't want to think that the, the, the ghost haunting the Tower of London is a, a construction worker who was there one day on the job oh, and wow. slipped. It's got to be Anne Boleyn.: yeah. you know? It's
0: so true. <laughs> you've got to do what. Well. We should treat it with uh, take it with a pinch of salt in terms of mediumistic communication. Yeah. definitely, without a doubt. Because the other issue with any legendary figures coming through is the amount of information that's available. You know, so we're looking is there a so way are you of actually va- that are legendary
2: we- figures can't come through.
0: No, I'm not figures. saying that. I'm saying What we need to do is, if we're in a position where we're witnessing either a trance or witnessing, you know, a message coming through from a legendary figure, is asking the sort of questions where we would hope the person sitting there does not know the answer themselves, that we can check up on later. Right. You know, detailed information, not general knowledge about Elvis or about Princess die.
2: Why do we have to test our methods? Well,
0: you don't have to, but I do. Because that's okay, what I like to that's do. What you do you yeah, that's what I, I like to do. If, because otherwise, if people are saying, you know, if there's a, a medium in a trance and they're claiming that they're bringing through a, a legendary figure's a personality, people turn to me and say, "Well, what do you think of that?" I say, "Well, there could be a number of different explanations for what's going on, a number of normal ones and the paranormal one. But there could be a number. I can start testing some of those if I can then, te- you know, if I can test the medium. So that's so where you I'm afraid coming from.
2: That you would get some like. Fabulous information and then just poo poo it because it comes from some famous person.
0: Uh no. what, what do you mean? In terms of if, if the medium actually gives verifiable information? Right. Would I be scared well, of, of that all
2: no I'm not scared of it, because I know you're not scared. Yeah. Of it. <laughs> um no, you might dismiss the information.
0: Well, no, I wouldn't be be dismissive. We've spoken a number of times, and you know at the end of the day that I am a true skeptic. It means I am open-minded, but I'm always questioning. If a medium comes up with a lot of information related to that legendary figure, it's up to, I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of legendary figures, but if they came up with the information, it's something that I could check up on. Now then, the issue is, like what I'm saying is, is that information generally available? Is it? Is it general knowledge about that figure, or is it a little bit more detail that would take some searching to find out? But even then...
2: So you, you don't got trust any mediums or psychics? Is that what you're saying? Uh,
0: no, I'm not saying I don't trust them. I'm saying that there's always going to be an alternative explanation to what they do, and, unless you're you in do. a controlled we, environment. We talk a
2: little bit about what yeah. psychology is. Yeah. And it, it's searching for an alternative explanations
0: well it's it's look it's it doesn't have to be that it could be searching for the paranormal explanation but the way to do that is discount the normal ones as richard option. always say tick
2: the little boxes and all those that go. haven't been tick the ticked
0: the checklist then
3: that's... yeah tick the normal boxes first and then at the, the very <laughs> end of it <laughs> if so you've got fun. a box without a tick then there's the remote possibility that it might just
2: be paranormal Kieran, go, you had... no one says it as good as you as well as, pardon me. Anyways, we do have another question from the chat room. This is from Anne. Uh, is there a difference with medicine? Some believe that one thing; others believe something else.
1: <laughs> the answer uh, is B. <laughs> yeah, I'll go for B. I'm not quite well, sure. A- you. It a- lost
2: a-, a little in transition from one chat room to the other chat room to the other <laughs> Clearly, chat room. Right.
1: Uh,
2: is there a difference with medicine? Some uh-huh. believe one thing; others believe something else.
0: Are so, we maybe delving into more alternative medicine? Is that what the question is related saying, to?
1: Can medication affect your perception? Could be. I need some medication, I think, right now. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Good question. Next.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm in a yeah, pub, so I'll be all right. You know? uh, I would very, very much like to answer that. Yeah. Okay, moving right along. Um, Karen, I mean, you've been here about two days now, right? Now.
0: Yeah, well, yesterday. I mean, yesterday.
2: And I noticed that uh, Nori brought the uh, lovely English weather with her.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, she keeps being blamed for the rain. Yeah. Blamed for the rain. I, I don't blame her. It me. hasn't
1: rained here in three months. No, we've, and been actually, we arrived. Arrived. we've actually
2: been in drought conditions. Yeah, that's true. Oh. Yeah. Uh, coincidence? I think not. No, there are none.
1: No, No.
0: it's paranormal.
2: So, actually, since I mentioned coincidence, what is a coincidence?
0: A coincidence is... Uh, That's a good question. When you've got two random incidents that you connect to each other, let's put it that way. I was asking you in the car, here's a good good coincidence, I asked you in the car a particular question. How many people would you have to have in a room for there to be a 50-50 chance that two of them share the same birthday? Kind of an astrology-related question. Wow. How many people would you have to have in a room for there to be a 50-50 chance that two of them share the same birthday
1: uh 365 times two I, I don't know
0: the actual answer is 26 it's a lot less than you think
1: yeah. but if you're in a no. room full of people
0: if you're at a party and you meet somebody and they have the same birthday as you do you view that as coincidence or do you view that as some kind of overarching fate that we had to meet well if you knew there's only 26 people had to be in a room for that to happen
1: I'm going to have to that's see the math on that. I can give you the paper. No, we won't bore, bore people with that right now. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it is
2: interesting. You know, I'll take your point. word for it at yeah. the moment. Okay. And then, I, I was sitting in the car, and he asked me that same question. Yeah. And I'm thinking the same as you did, 365 times 2. And yeah. then I said, no, that's kind of yeah. slow. So I said, 5,000. And he said, no, 26. Right. Yeah. So since he's a doctor and I'm only... Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. I didn't the actual, write
2: the paper, but uh, I've got you know, the paper, yeah. yeah. I bowed to the... Uh,
0: I'll send you the paper. I'll even put it up on my Facebook page
2: so All everybody right. can read we it. We should have asked Richard, though. Yeah. He would have got you it. Should. He would have got it. You would have got that, right, Richard? But it would uh, have only been a coincidence. <laughs> no way. We're back. <laughs> no way. But it's interesting. We talk about coincidence. Um, half a chance, if that's a word. No. Okay. No, I don't know that. But it's, it's the things that happen for a reason. In other words,
0: coincidences are really not coincidences. They're really well. It's what you call, you know, because you're saying things that happen for a reason. That exactly. w- that would be, you know, the way somebody's interpreted it. The way somebody else might interpret it is say it's coincidence. Right so it's down to interpretation of those two events happening, or an or an event happening. So you the classic that... one. The classic one being, um, you know, you haven't thought of somebody for years, and then the phone rings, and it's them. Or well, the phone rings, and it's the wrong. Number. So what is yeah. that? That's what I mean. It's down to interpretation of that particular event. Do you see it as a coincidence? Do you see it as you, ha- you had a telepathic connection with that person? So that immediately when you thought of them, a message was sent to them and they decide, right, I'm thinking of this person, I'm going to call them. You know, there's some paranormal explanation. It's down to how you interpret that particular event.
1: Which is what I've been saying about the paranormal years. It's an individual interpretation of of a phenomenon, right? It's always going to come down to the first-hand eyewitness, and yeah. all we can do is is listen to them. So an example I've used before is uh, temporary sleep paralysis and a hypnagogic hallucination, there right? That's the skeptic's experience. Yes. Same exact thing. Uh, depending on what books you read and movies you watch, could be a gray coming yeah. to abduct you the and, and take or you away, all. or the old hag, yeah. incubus, succubus, or demonic attack, yeah. uh, or ghost visitation. Yeah. Same identical. Phenomena occurring to different people interpreted three or four or yeah. five different so that ways. That's right. And, and and it's based on the luggage we carry. And that luggage is where you were raised, your level of education, yeah. your religious upbringing, your socioeconomic background. You know, I, I
2: helped carry his luggage. He's got a lot of carry.
1: So you, you have a lot of baggage. <laughs> yeah. A lot that, of baggage. That happens. Yeah. It happens. It happens a we,
2: we actually have another question in the chat room. And it says, what are your guys' thoughts? That's us. On alleged contact with angelic or demonic beings, should we put this down to personal beliefs? I think we I just yeah, you that. just did kind of off yeah. that. So
1: one person's ghost is another person's demon is another right. person's right. coincidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I and I've certainly uh, interviewed, gosh, thousands of people who've had some kind of experience, uh, near death or, or whatever, and. Um, depending on their background, some people are it's very black and white. If it seems good, it's angelic. If it seems neutral or bad, it's demonic. And that's, that's generally a religious yeah. perspective. Um, yeah. But I would always, you know... And, and, what, and what could I say to the witness who says, no, 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 the, the wall knocked three times. That's the devil. What, what could I say to that person that would convince them otherwise? Mm. Probably nothing. Is
0: that, and that's what we are talking about in terms of how do you react to somebody that tells you a story you know there are colleagues of mine who are that cynical and that arrogant immediately they'll say no that knocking sound and you thinking it's the devil hallucination it's down to your personal belief that's it not not understanding the impact of saying that to the witness I'm not even
1: investigating you right. And
0: not even yeah not even going a step further exactly
1: which but, is funny because, just, because that's also imposing the problem i have with demonologists is that they are in general imposing a belief system by the way, on someone to I, I know. I,
0: the first, world's first skeptical uh, demonologist. I'm
1: a satanologist, so I'm yes. so far above you. or <laughs> well, below you, depending on how just you look at it.
2: You're a satanologist. Don't even
1: call me unless it's the big dog. If you got a right. minor oh, demon, with his minions, Call the other me. guy. Yeah. yeah. When you get the big dog, call me. So, uh, but so a demonologist is saying you have a demon in the house. They have just imposed their belief system on yeah. a person who might be in a fragile mental state the skeptic does the same thing yeah. the skeptic saying you're hallucinating you're wrong you're this you're that the wall i mean maybe that's where the cold water pipe goes up and it's ticking yeah, Le- exactly. you know legitimately yeah. they heard something without any but you're either either side is imposing a belief system yeah. which really isn't fair no. you have to listen yeah
2: all right so we what talk- did you ask yeah. we- oh, right, okay. I got nothing. so we talked about a little bit about uh, coincidence i want to go back to because i've known in a couple of cases that i investigated where for instance, uh, a doorbell will ring before someone arrives in a, in a haunted house, okay. Uh, okay? There are other times... Wait a minute. Yeah.
0: What do you mean a, do- a doorbell would ring before somebody arrives? You mean they reach the front door no, and a no. doorbell rings? The
2: doorbell will ring and a short time later someone will arrive.
1: Yeah, because you have to open the door and let them in. No. <laughs> before they well, reach you guys the location. Are being a
2: little nasty. <laughs>
0: Before they reach the actual this, location, it's kind of a it's kind of a important. Right. It's, it's, it's a kind a, of uh, yeah, a a an early that, warning. That that is is okay, okay.
2: And I know another case where um, this chair would actually move out from the table before a visitor would come. Okay. So we have two instances.
0: And I find the chair incident more interesting because because for me it's 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 tangible a tangible movement tangible evidence that you can look at and to try and find a more natural explanation for that would be tougher in terms of the actual movement of the chair there could be reasons for it but it's tougher to find a, a natural explanation for that with the doorbell yes there might be instances where the doorbell goes off where a person just doesn't arrive in terms of you know faulty wiring that sort of thing i know no, of we didn't instances say that, no you i didn't
2: know you're saying impossible but we didn't say that we gave you the exact circumstances yet you're you brought something up that had nothing to do with the case I
0: brought No, that's not true. I'm actually asking uh-huh. about other circumstances. If you're in a if you're in a building where the doorbell goes and it's an early warning sign of somebody coming to the building, right. what I would want to know as a, as a scientist is over a 24-hour period
1: or a 48-hour period, bell, bell, ring, how... Yeah, when, when, that I
2: understand.
1: That, that's what I'm asking. Right. It's, Simple as that. It's so hard to talk about the paranormal and hypotheticals. Yeah. It's, you know... It's, it's difficult because yeah. every case is unique. Every building, every person who has that experience, all unique. So to talk about them in generalities, is, I've always found it
2: pretty difficult. What's your next general question? Karen. Uh, not Karen. Uh, what's his name? Frank. Richard, yeah. Richard. Joe. Richard, you still here? I'm definitely here, yes. Okay, you've been so quiet we we kind of miss you, so I'm gonna ask you I a know, question I know. What how do you weigh in being? on this about you know for instance, a doorbell ringing before someone comes? I mean and like uh, Karen said uh, first you gotta see if if it rings there and nobody shows up but That's right. what if yeah we what if it's documented that it, it rings up before someone shows Sorry, what up? if it's wrong. yeah what if it what if a doorbell rings before someone shows up? Yeah, I mean, bad. as I said at the beginning, I think I
3: think you've got to check to make sure that it's not faulty. I agree wholeheartedly with Kieran. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe in it, but I tell you, just going back to this coincidence. But you know how you said, you know, a friend, um, a friend rings, and you were you were thinking about that friend. Um, that's I find interesting, but but I would put it down more to again, unfortunately, to a coincidence. But the longer you live with a person, and I'm sure that most of you guys will agree with me that the more you you tend to you know the number of times i say to my wife get off my wavelength i was about to say that i was about to do that i was about to ring you and that i'm not talking about an isolated incident i'm talking about it happening over and over and over again uh the longer you live with someone and i think there's something there that there, that is more than coincidence
2: i think you're right now what richard said is he he believes that uh when uh, people live together for a long time, they begin to finish their sentences, and sure. they begin to realize things. This, this, we actually uh, Karen and I touched about this a little bit earlier. I think over dinner with uh, the blonde man. Was her name Nori, he it. Um But anyways, um, I thought that it's vibrations, in other words, wavelengths, uh, so forth. Eventually, you become detuned to each other. Mm. That that you get synced, and that kind of I think.
1: Explains. So you think house. the house is in sync with people walking toward it, or the doorbell? Well, the spirit is. Oh, so you think there's a spirit ringing the doorbell? Yeah,
2: there's probably you know one at the end of the driveway saying, "Hey, yeah. you know, guests coming." Right. So I'll ring the
0: doorbell. Guys, sure. okay, guys. But in terms How of, different... of when we was talking about people living together, yeah, right. it could be. Again, I sounds like I'm beating a uh, flogging a dead horse. Same sort of thing. Alternative explanations. One could be well, people are psychologically. Tuned to each other, you live together for that long period of time. You're used to hearing the same thing from your partner. You know, you're used to their moods. You're used to. You can pick up on their moods instantly in terms of yeah, micro gestures in their face. I knew he was going to say that. There I, you go. I knew he
1: was going to say that.
0: But the other the other explanation is something that look, that's looked at in parapsychology with telepathy research is familiarity between. Um, the people that you're testing the telepathy on. So, you know, in an ideal setup, you have what's called a sender and a receiver. Somebody sending a message to the receiver. And parapsychologists often look at siblings, twins, people that, you know, are living together, very knowledgeable about each other, that sort of thing, to try and see whether telepathy occurs more readily with with those pairs. This idea that the telepathy exists, what process does it happen at? or what's the better conditions under which it happens. Richard is kind of touching on that point. He's basically saying that, you know, him and his wife are able to finish the sentence. Is that some form of telepathy?
2: Right. So, anyways, I I do want to touch on one other thing that I I noticed. Uh, I was watching this show on uh, Angels. But it was an interesting case because uh, it was about this schoolhouse where uh, two uh, wackos can I say that?
1: You can. You can say wackos. Two wackos yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. brought a bomb in, and they held a bunch of children hostage. Okay. And they, they sat in, a, in the uh, square of the door, square on the ground, and said, anybody kills you, you're going to blow it up. So all the kids were there, and nobody knows what happened, but the bomb went off. And the only persons killed were the two in the, with the bomb, And because of the bomb patent and everything else, there should have been many, many casualties. But there were reports from each one of those children, maybe not all of them, I'm sure they are not. Didn't break down the whole study. But they each saw a loved one who had passed who actually you know, told them not to worry. And in fact, in one of the bomb blasts, they have like a scorch mark in the wall where it almost seems a human figure. So this is, I mean, it's an extreme case. But I mean, this is something, okay, legend. Mm-hmm. Parapsychology, those. I mean, this is something that really catches our eye, right? Mm. And we try to explain it away. Quick thoughts. Can we explain it? Uh, I
0: that wouldn't way? explain it. You said we try and explain it away. I wouldn't. I think it's a fantastic story, an absolutely amazing story, and I'd love to know more about it.
1: Uh, it's it's the really Angel of Mons.
0: Yeah, it's the same of, story. Yeah, it's the same it's,
1: story. And yeah. so, uh, I mean, if nothing else, it's. Uh, it, it, it is. It's a wonderful story. We've always people have always tried to assign meaning or explanation to something that we couldn't explain. Yes. Gods of thunder, gods of the sea and the sun and the stars. Uh, we, we know a little bit more about the universe now, and we don't need those gods anymore. Um, if if left with something inconclusive, someone will will reach a conclusion, even if it's a paranormal one. We
2: are just about out of time, guys. Uh, so, um, Jeff Belanger, we want to thank you so much for hosting us here at the. Thirty-five-minute studio, and I see you. shared no expense. So. Yeah, and your new book, which I'm gonna hold up here. Thank you. This, uh, is uh, Picture <laughs> yourself living in the am I in it, by the way? Probably not. Okay. Uh, moving right along, and once again, we thank you. Thank Ghost you. Ghostvillage.com. The book is available yep. in Amazon, uh, Borders, Barnes and Noble. yeah. Well, well Borders is still around. And
1: uh, thank you. Yeah. Whatever.
2: Okay, Good. also we want to thank Karen O'Keefe who came all the way over from uh, UK to Just the, for this. To this show.
1: Just for the anger. I've got to get him back to the airport. <laughs> yeah. This is a big
2: deal. We'll be out Do here. enjoy your, out do your fortnight, Karen, won't you? Including uh, the Dining with the Dead. Go to the Any Ghost Project website and you can check it out. That's Any Ghost Project. Com. and we want to thank Richard who is out there somewhere we know you are Richard I'm
3: still there but I'm uh, you know I'm i there's noises in these cellars I can hardly hear you guys but uh, <laughs> back to normal next week
2: all right yep I look forward to uh, speaking with you again Richard so y- you have a good week
1: bye Richard I'm
2: now bye Richard the, uh,
1: good talking to you
2: nice Jeff well, well, nice. you, mate bye bye yeah ta ta cheers all that other crap cheers guys Anyways, um, once again, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International. Uh, we want to thank you for tuning in. And also, we will, what are we on? This is going to be broadcast, right?
1: Yeah, we can broadcast this. You can put it on uh, Blip TV.
2: This will also be available on told you that website as well. That they sure. will post there, so you can actually see this debacle on in real life. <laughs> uh, so we want to say good night and God bless to everyone. See you next week. Bye-bye. Holy is to ghosties, long-legged beasties, the witch doctor.